Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message from our senior leader, Viv Liebeslight, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Thank you so much, Jared. Kind words. How amazing is uh, Jared and Alicia? The location passes for Saxton. Incredible. How amazing. It's Shannon and Dee, location passes for the city. Shout out to all the city gatherings. We love you. How amazing is Alex and Hannah, location passes for Wellington. Love you guys. And how amazing is Alex and Carissa. You're incredible guys, location passes for Christchurch. How about we give them all a big um, round of applause. You're incredible. And hello to everyone, wherever you are. And just really we've been praying. Welcome to everyone else. Hi. You're all in the room, cool. And uh, so it is amazing to be here today, right? Like we never must take this for granted. Like as we were coming, beginning of the week, we thought, oh, will we actually be able to run a service? Will we have enough team? Look, here we are. How good is that? Let's never take it for granted. We're just so grateful for our God who just like keeps on providing and it's just incredible. And we've been praying that today, wherever you are, whether you happen to be in the room or online, wherever, with the gathering or on your own, that you sense the presence of God and that you are touched by Him and that you hear from Him today. And uh, I really got the great sense uh, they're sitting in the worship and the worship was powerful today. Beautiful, beautiful songs. And we've got to keep speaking the name and singing the name of Jesus over fear and anxiety and over our families. It's just so powerful. We must keep doing that. It's such a cool thing to do, but um, I got these words that dropped into my heart, and and it's just these that, and it really I felt like God was saying, and they repeated, "You are not alone. He sees you, and you are not forgotten. You are not alone. He sees you, and you are not forgotten." So for anyone who senses feeling a little bit discarded, abandoned, maybe, maybe you are feeling, maybe you are actually isolating, physically isolating. He sees you. You are not alone and you are not forgotten. And the truth is, as Hebrews 13, 5 says, that He will never leave us or forsake us. That's the truth. That's the word of the Lord. But those words came to me. You're not alone. He sees you and you are not forgotten. In the room, you are not alone. He sees you and you are not forgotten. Beautiful, beautiful truth. And I want you to be encouraged by that. Receive that. If there's anyone here feeling those things, that's a direct word from the Lord for you. And you need to be encouraged by that and realise that He sees you. And look out. God wants to speak to your heart today. So if you're brand new in, in, in the faith of Jesus or you're on a journey, which is called to finding Jesus, or you've been walking with Him for years, uh, like years, you're well seasoned. You've just been around. You like... You've, you know, you gave your life to Jesus, like maybe when you were a kid, and you've just continued to walk with Him faithfully. That's awesome. Well done. What a great testimony. This message uh, is for everyone. It's for all of you. And um, it's really been crafted out of the, an experience that I had three weeks ago, actually three weeks ago tomorrow. So it would have been Monday, the February the 21st. And I woke up with these two words, and... Um, Interesting words, not words that I would normally use in my own vocabulary. And, um, and then when Graham asked me on Monday, last Monday, if, he, if I would uh, prepare a message for this week, again, those words came. And um, they just have not got quiet in my head. And they just keep on being repeated. 
And so these words are simply this, hold fast, hold fast, hold fast. And again, with this, these two words, the Scripture that has come with it really quickly after that was 1 Peter 5, 8 to 11. I've been kind of meditating on it, reading it quite often, most days, just reading this Scripture. And it says this, keep a cool head, people. It's quite a word, isn't it? Keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. Hello, we're all in the same boat. So keep a firm. Grip, there it is. Hold fast. Firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans there are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. What an amazing, powerful word, right? I just believe it's just actually so relevant for today. And even that script, you could take that scripture and just hold on to that and unpack that for yourself. But those words, firm grip, just really jumped out at me and when I was in this whole hold fast thing. And it kind of reminded me also of the amazing story, the powerful story of when Jesus, in Luke 22, the story is, and um, he'd been with the disciples in the upper room and they'd had that kind of argy-bargy moment like, you know, who's going to be greater and who's better and all those sorts of things and who's right and who's wrong. Whoops. And, um, and then he goes, okay, guys, I, I need to go. I need to go and spend some time. So he goes to where he goes and um, by the Mount of Olives and the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says to the disciples, he says to his guys, his crew, he goes, okay, crew, what I need you to do is just stay and pray. Stay and pray. Simple, right? So Jesus goes and he prays and he's like, he has this incredible heart-wrenching moment and like really was like, God, if, you know, if you really, could you take this from me? But, you know, remove this cup, but yet not my will, but always your will be done. So he was about to be betrayed and about to go on into the most horrible suffering you could ever imagine. So he comes back out of that time to the disciples. He finds them sleeping, sleeping from sorrow, it actually says, sleeping from the thought of this, What's going to happen? Ooh, you know, maybe anxious, maybe fearful. They were asleep. He told them to what? Pray. He goes, get up. Like, wake up. Wake up. Hello, wake up. Get up and pray that you may not fall into temptation. I believe what he was talking about there, the temptation, was the temptation of giving up, of letting go of the faith. And the story goes on and how, how Peter did actually deny Jesus for that moment. Um, so there's a temptation. There's a temptation to give up yeah. right now. Actually, there is. Yeah. I want to say it's time actually to hold, hold, hold fast. It's not the time. It's not the time to be sleeping. It's not the time 
to be focusing on who's right or wrong. And the moment, I just want to say this lovingly, the moment that you think that you're right, you're actually making yourself better than other people. And it's precarious. You're putting yourself in a scary position. So in thinking about the words hold fast, what comes to mind and has been coming to mind is the whole boat scenario and the picture of a boat tethered to a jetty or a dock and how vital it is for any boat of any size, whether a large, large ship or a small little dinghy, how vital it is for them to be tied securely and correctly. If not, the boat can drift away super quickly with the wind and the currents. So I've got a couple of examples, and the real-life examples, as you know, that we're, um, we love boating. Some of you might not know that, but we actually love boating. And um, I wanted to give you a little illustration. So we have a thing called a cleat, and there's going to be a photo go up behind me. And there it is. It's a beautiful cleat. It's actually nice and shiny and chrome-like. And um, those ones are actually on the boat, on the vessel, but they're also on the jetty. And that's very important. So when you're tying a boat, you need one of these. It's really important. And then you have another thing called a cleat hitch. And that's basically the most simple knot you could imagine. There it is. It's a um, figure eight. And you can do a double cleat hitch, and that's a double figure eight. Those two things are vital to have. Those little, those that, the cleat and the knot, very, very vital. And of course you need a rope, which we have here. This is a beautiful rope. With, I don't know what's happened at the end, but it's still, it's a great rope. It's a fantastic rope, it looks like a horse's tail. But anyway, it's a great rope. Very helpful rope, this rope. So it's so important that like, like a boat in a storm, difficulties, or even in a swift current, we must make sure we ourselves are well tethered amidst the chaos so that we won't be pulled away by the currents. Yes? So it's quite a good little parallel. And this summer, we have done a whole lot of boating. And we're seasoned boatings, boaties. So we've owned the particular boat that we have for about, is it 11 years? So 11 years. So we should know what we're doing. Do you think after 11 years, we should know what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous laughter. Uh, I want to say the trickiest and most anxious moments of boating is not in rough water. And it's not even when you hit a log, although that is scary. And we've done both those things. We've been in the storms, rough, and we've hit logs. The most anxious moment out of all of boating, particularly with a, a larger vessel, is when you are bringing your boat into the dock or the birth, B-E-R-T-H, birth. That's actually, the, that's another word for a parking spot for a boat in a marina. That's our parking spot. So that is an anxious moment. Even if you've been well seasoned and you've done it a lot of times and you can be so casual about it and like, oh, you know, having a lovely, lovely time and then whoops, something happens. In fact, after the nine o'clock service, Malcolm, who's actually... Um, he makes money out of repairing boats and building boats. But he said 90% of all insurance claims to do with boats is uh, boats coming into their berth and hitting the dock or hitting other boats. Because in normally tight spots and you have another boat beside you. You have a jetty and you have a boat. It's really lovely, really, really lovely. Anyway, two standout moments. Do you want to hear two standout moments? There were many. 
but two standout moments. So this particular day was just me and Brent in the boat, you know, having a lovely time. And a westerly had come up, one of the only westerlies um, that we'd had, which was a miracle. It was a monster westerly, so it was coming in. And so we had to get our boat into our berth, and what happens in that moment is the wind pushes you. So we're kind of coming in, like here's the berth, coming in here, and Brent's very cleverly manoeuvring to get in, and I have to do the leap of faith. It's quite a leap of faith, but I jump onto the jetty, and I quickly jump, I quickly grab the rope, this rope here, exactly this rope, which was already secured to the jetty, which is excellent, that's excellent. All I had to do was tie this around the cleat in a figure eight, a cleat hitch, easy. And then I'm running down to the other end of the boat and I throw another rope, which looks exactly like this, to Brent and he hitches it up to the cleat on the boat. Yay, right, did that. Then suddenly the whole bow was being whipped around like that because what did I do? No, I did not apply the rope properly. The hitch, the hitch came unhitched. I didn't do a figure eight because I was panicking. Like you're panicking, you're like, because it's quite a big boat, it's nine ton. So it's actually hard to stop it. You can't actually stop it with your own strength. Well, I can't. And, um, and so, yeah, this was, this was happening. So quickly, Brent has to manoeuvre it back in and then I do the proper thing, right? Do the proper um, cleat hitch. But it's scary because you can actually cause a lot of damage to your boat and other people's boats. And it's panicky and it's like, oh, you can be having a wonderful day boating and then it all goes to custard in that one moment. And you try and keep calm, but often the calm just goes out. And I wanna say at this point that marinas and boat ramps are probably the most entertaining places in the world. And there's always someone watching. There's always someone watching and having a little giggle. Uh, I'm sure we've caused a lot of entertainment. We generally try and keep our cool. There's been a few moments where it's a little bit more tense, shall we say, but not that many. Anyway, there was another standout moment, far worse. Okay, so we're bringing our boat back. So we had this lovely time and we're coming back from Golden Bay, round Abel Tasman, you know, Abel Tasman, hello, aren't we blessed to live right by the Abel Tasman. Anyway, so we're coming back and we had a lovely trip. The Westerly was just like pushing us along nicely and we're coming into our normal berth. Now what, what we have now is tricky because our ropes, which are normally set up on our jetty, aren't there. They're on our boat because we've taken them over to Terakoe. You get the drift, so here it is. So this thing here, this is incredible. This is custom made for our boat. This is quite, that's a good point actually. And that's a shackle and that's a spring. And this is attached. That there is attached, you undo that and you attach it to the cleat, I think. And you do, yeah, you do. And it's attached there normally, like, so it's really strong. That's a really strong thing. So we're getting in there and there's nothing. This is not there. There's no ropes, no ropes. And we're not, it's hard to slow our boat again. Our boat tends to think it's a cake of soap and it just goes very slippery, it just slips. It just goes, wee! It hasn't got a big keel on it. Anyway, um, we're coming in and I'm trying to keep myself together, keep not panicking. And so this gets thrown to me. I do the leap of faith. Yes, I do. I jump onto the jetty, 
without hurting myself, that's always good. And then this gets thrown to me. And it gets thrown, so I'm just gonna throw it, so it's quite heavy. So it gets thrown, and then, that, that is what happened. Did you see what happened? This end was not attached to the boat. So I'm standing on the jetty, I'm standing on the jetty holding the rope, not attached. I'm like, okay, okay. It was a funny moment, but no one was laughing. <laughs> so we can laugh now, can't we? We laugh at these moments and the, you know, later. And, the, and, and somebody walked past, do you need a hand? No, we're fine. <laughs> there's, the, there's the person watching. They obviously had watched and come down and thought, oh, they need a hand. Do you need a hand? No. <laughs> oh my gosh, in life, how many people go, hey, do you need a hand? Yes. No, we're fine. Yes. <laughs> no, we're fine. We're just going to do it our way. We're going to do it ourselves and we don't need your help. So um, we always need help. Yes, that would have been so helpful to have another pair of hands, probably another two sets of pair of hands or something to get ourselves together. In the end, we did, we did actually manage to do it. So um, I don't know how we did it, but we did it without damaging anything or anyone. And um, that's so, so, so good. So the most important thing you need is a secure rope system in place. So with our boat, we actually have four. We have two of these strong ones with the shackle and the spring. We have two of these and we have another one in the middle. And then we have another one on the um, right bow. So we have four, but you could get away with just these two and it would keep it okay. But when we, in case of really severe storms and winds, which does happen, we actually need four. We actually need so four. So this is such a, a great a parallel for our Christian life, eh? It really is. And it's very, very simple, and I'm gonna apply it. So when I say hold fast, hold fast onto what? What or who are you tied to and connected to? So when I hear that, because that was going, hold fast, hold fast, hold fast onto what? For me, the answers to that question have, has to be this, hold fast onto Jesus. And that's what I've been thinking. I've got to hold fast onto you, Jesus, and make Him my main focus amidst these unsettling, changing days. So He must be my main focus. I must be held fast onto Him. So Jesus is the jetty or the dock. The rope system are the different ways that we have available to us to connect to Jesus. So this is a great rope system, this one here. And it's custom made to us. So what I'm saying is, you will need to find your way that's gonna work for you. This works for us. You gotta find a way that works for you. So for me to hold um, fast to Jesus unswervingly, I need to be very intentional at keeping on with the simple practices of cultivating a relationship with Him. They're simple practices, very simple. It's my, it's, this is my rope system, reading the Bible regularly and applying it to my life, even listening to it, which I do often with the YouVersion app, put my earpods in and I listen. Listen when I'm doing things or listen when I'm going to sleep often. This is my rope system, prayer. It's another one, it's a very, another, another very strong one, just talking to Him, keeping that connection, keeping the conversation going. It's so, so, so important. Worship, or listening to worship. You know, oh man, oh, I haven't listened to any worship lately. Put the worship on, put the worship on. It's another rope, it's another system. 
meeting and worshipping together when possible, like now, or in a house gathering if you're there. Serving, serving one another, being involved and engaged. It's another rope system. It's awesome. And this is another one I've decided which is very important at the moment in the current day. It's a practice of talking about Jesus more than other subjects and trying to cut out all negativity. So there are my, some of my rope systems and there's more, there's more, but you need to discover what it is for you and how you do it. So with the reading of the Word, which we're going to focus on to in, on in a minute, it may simply be taking a scripture, one verse, like the first Peter one, and just like mulling over that, thinking over that every day, or you know, for a week or however long, until you get it, until you get the truth, until you it can actually maybe memorise it or, or bring it up. You know, oh, that's right, that's what First Peter says. It says like, yeah, keep awake. Um, yeah, have a firm grip on Jesus and the faith. You know, it's um, so important, so important. So um, the reading of the Word, let's have a look at it. Because in that first story I told you, what happened was I had the rope system. It may have been the Word of God. And I did a little real like loose, it was loose. The knot wasn't tight enough. It wasn't a good enough connection. Basically, I hadn't applied it. I hadn't applied the rope system, had not applied it. So it's so important that the word that we're tethered to Jesus through the word so that we can find our completion in Him rather than attempting to complete it ourselves. Because there's no way, right? See, what we, what we try to do, and I've done this with our boat, I've tried to hold on to it myself with my own strength. And at the beginning of our boating experience with this particular boat, there were a few people on board, some maybe in the room, some maybe online, I think, that you might be. And um, it was dark, we decided it was the first time we took our boat out, and uh, we came back and it was dark. And again, it was like, what do we actually do here? How do we do this? I jump off, because you know, of course, it's our boat, I know what to do, not. And I held on to it with all my strength, and I ended up, the boat, just keep on drifting out, drifting out, drifting out. And I went, chunk, I did a face plant, fully dressed. It was, it was cold, had a hoodie on and everything. And, you know, that is a scary moment. You do not want to be squashed between the boat and the jetty. It's not a cool thing. So we cannot, like, in our own strength. So, so you know, you can be doing things even. You can actually be trying to connect, but not in your own strength. You need a good rope system. So even with the Word of God, you need to apply it to your life. You really do. I love um, what Psalm 119 says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And it's, it talks about how it gives understanding even to the simple, you know, I'm a simple girl. So simple, you know, not simple, you know, anyway. But it has to be simple. And the Word of God is simple. Isn't it? Online. Are you agreeing with me out there? Thank you. I can hear you shouting. Okay, here's a story. Here's a story I want to tell you, and this is how you apply the Word of God. Here's a lesson. Here's a lesson how you take, take this system of reading the Word and how you apply it to your life. Because otherwise, you can actually read the Word and just go through the motions. You can listen to it and nothing actually sticks. So you've got to apply it. You've got to go, okay, God, what are you saying to me with the Scripture? I just don't want to just go through the motions. I went through the motions. I was just going through the motions. I didn't tie it on properly. So here's this story. It's from 2 Chronicles 20. It's such a cool story. And it's about King Jehoshaphat and what happened. Word had came to him. King Jehoshaphat, the king of Israel at that point. 
that there was a massive army. There were all these Amoabites and Amenites and other people that all joined together because they're going to take Israel down. And Jehoshaphat knew that there's no way that his army was big enough to defeat all this that was going to come. So what did he do? I love what he did. The first thing he did was he sought the Lord and he prayed. That's a really good point right there. That's actually a really good point to take from this. And um, I'm just going to read the end of his prayers. Prayer's awesome. Second Chronicles 20, 11 to 12. Just as, as he wraps it up, he says, See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the position. I'm going to go down. For we have no power to face this vast army. There's the confession that is attacking us. So he realised, man, we can't do this, God. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What? Come on, my friends. You don't need an hour-long prayer meeting or a prayer time. Keep it simple. In these days when we're facing some difficulties and uncertainties of which we are, hello, all across this earth, we just need to say this. God, we don't know what to do. But thankfully you do and our eyes are on you. Hey, buddy, it's on you. You've got it. King Jehoshaphat's prayer was so heartfelt that the word of the Lord then came to a priest called Jehaziel, Jehaziel, a Levite priest, and he brought this word from the Lord. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who, who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. He goes on, you will not have to fight this battle. Man. Take up your position, stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face him tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. How good is this? So here are the applications from this little story, not little, it's big. Because what actually happened was, they, what they did, they actually put that into practice. And he sent out his praises and he sent out the worship team, which is fantastic, we've had them here today sent them out. And it says, the Bible says, immediately God set up an ambush. And those armies, the enemy armies, they ended up just fighting against each other and they killed each other. Oh my gosh, it's such a gory story. But they actually killed each other and the Israelites were left unharmed. What a great story. So cool, right? There's so many things you could get out of that. But what I want us to get out of is the rope system that they applied through the Word of God, because the Word of God is actually a rope system, but in with it, entwined, are ropes. See how this has got like twines? It's got like, what do you call these things? Cords. cords. Thank you. So this particular rope has got um, three. Three cords. Oh, how appropriate is that? Three cords. And, uh, and so here's some cords. Actually, I've got four on this one. Always talk to God first about your concerns. Excellent. Point taken. Thank you. Next one. Do not fear. Fear paralyzes us and achieves nothing. Fear never changes circumstances for the better. It never does. Makes it worse, 100%. It contaminates faith and it gets us doubting and questioning everything God has said. Fear is the opposite of faith. Let's resist it, friends. So all I want to say to that, let's resist fear. Let's have faith instead. Great word. Do not be discouraged is the next one. That's the next little record. God isn't saying that he will keep us from facing difficulties. He's not. They're facing a huge battle. 
huge, but that we should not be discouraged, disheartened or full of despair in battle because He is our God and He fights for us. Oh my gosh. Third, the battle isn't ours, it's His. God fights for His people and He brings them to victory. Here's a word to go with that. The battle isn't ours. Why are we making it ours? It's not time to be people of war. It's time to be people of peace and people of faith. God is not calling us to be people of war. It is not our war. This is a direct word. The battle was his. Are you hearing me? Stop fighting. Stop being people of war. Okay, that's the mama just getting a little bit firmer. Okay, position yourself. This is the last chord. Position yourself and remain in position. Don't run or hide when the battle comes, but instead take up your position right next to your brothers and sisters, stand shoulder to shoulder. Oh man, this is what I feel is so strong for us at the moment. As a church family, Anna's Brook, and all Christians all over the world, we need to take up our position. We need to stand shoulder to shoulder. We need to lift our eyes to God together. We need to plant our feet firmly and stand together in prayer, facing the enemy. God will carry us through. God is reiterating that how you position yourself and where you position yourself is extremely important to the battle's outcome. If you leave, you leave your position, you make the rest of the people vulnerable and you won't see his victory. You will only taste defeat. That's quite a thing, but I really believe this. So all of these four directions, or five really, you count prayer, are necessary to follow him. And there are very, very amazing, strong rope system within the rope, within the Word of God, to keep us connected and tethered to him. You see, staying tied requires an action. Staying tethered, staying connected requires an action. It requires us to make decisions and to seek God in the midst of wherever we are, whatever we're going through. That decision, that decision to, to open the Word of God. Life is busy and we often get caught up with other priorities, no doubt about it. We all do. We can get focused on everything else around and we start to cut corners. I cut a corner that day, I didn't, didn't hitch the knot properly. Cut a corner, and before we knew it, we were adrift. We were adrift very, very wide, a wide drift. It was hard to get that back into control. We stopped reading the Word. We stopped talking to Him. Perhaps we put off the plans that God has for us, all the thoughts He's put in our heart to do, to maybe serve people or do good things or whatever it is. Run a connect group. I'm just putting it out there. It becomes easier not to come to church and to be involved To stay tied itself is to take your position and hold fast. So hold fast, hold the course, hold your position and watch what God does because He is going to do it. The battle is His. We just need to stay secure. We absolutely do. Hebrews 10, 23, my last scripture, let us hold unswervingly, hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for He who has promised is Faithful, so faithful. Do you want to be filled with doubt or would you rather be filled with the living hope that is in Christ? I know what I want. I want to be, I want to be attached to Him because He's the hope. So my question to you is this, that in the midst of 
the storms, maybe the difficulties, the diverse opinions we're hearing, the uncertainties that, that actually can make us drift away. They actually can. Are you, am I, firmly attached to Jesus? Are your, is your secure rope system in place? And if it is, are you actually connecting it properly? Or do we need to tweak some things again? Like I know for myself, I'm always tweaking. I'm always changing up a little bit. Man, right now, I need to actually, I need to listen to more worship. I need to get worship on. I need to be in my ears. I need to get my eyes off. Oh, I've started looking. I've started getting a little bit uh, under it. Okay, worship. I need to get my worship on right now. I know what the Word of God says. It's telling me not to fear, but I need some praise and worship to help me to not look at the enemy, right? Jehoshaphat sent out the praise and worship. I need some praise and worship right now in my heart, in my, in my ears. I might not be able to sing it. You might not feel like you can sing it, but you can listen to it. And what happens, man, the enemy just starts to fall. That issue, that whatever, it just starts to be a less of a thing. It really, really does. Because I want to say that a slight drift, you might feel like a slight drift. Anytime you're not connected to one of the, one of the, the secure the rope systems, there could be a slight drift. But the slight drift leads to a large drift. It actually does. Whether you're a, it's a dinghy or a large ship, if there's, if there's not a secure rope, there will be a slight drift. And you can feel, oh, you know, the slight drift is all right because you're kind of like within reach. But very quickly, the slight drift becomes a large drift. And then you're well away, well away from the jetty. You're well away from having that beautiful relationship with Jesus. So this morning, my heart is for each and every one of us in the room, for everyone watching online or listening to this, that you would know what it is to hold fast, that you would discover your secure rope system. What is it that works for you? What is it that works? Find it out. I've talked about a few, but there's many others. You know, you may need to get out on that beach and have your time with God. You may just find a quiet time. Whatever it is, we may need to paint something and that connects you. There's a variety, a huge variety of ropes that can help us connect. I've just mentioned a few and in the upcoming weeks, we're gonna mention more. It's gonna be a fun time, I'll tell you that. But I want us to pray. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for everyone in the room and for everyone online that we would be so held fast to Jesus, that there would be no drift happening. We would be secure, with, we would be so close to Him, so close to the jetty, that no wind, no storm, no uncertainty can pull us away because we are so tethered in, we are so tied in. Let us pray. Also, Father, I just... I thank You, Lord God, that You have given us, You have given us amazing, amazing opportunities, amazing gifts to be able to connect with Jesus. I pray for each and every one of us in this room. I pray for those who have drifted, maybe a slight drift, or those who have a large drift, they're well away. I pray that today there will be a choice. There will be a heart heart action here which would then transfer into a practical action of maybe picking up the Bible again reading one verse a day 
starting to talk to you again, praying, worshipping, connecting with others, getting involved, getting engaged. Father, I pray that there will be an uprising in our church of holding fast, that there would no longer be any drifting. There wouldn't be a drift. There would not be a drift. In fact, there will be a shift, a shift back to closeness, a shift back to connection, a shift back to faith in a greater measure in Jesus' Name. And for those in the room, you've never made that connection. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, by Your Holy Spirit, that You would speak, You would speak clearly and You would actually tell these people how much You love them. You would show them the way to connect for them that's going to work. I pray, God, open up that door for them in Jesus' Name. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. We love You. We worship You, Lord God. We adore You. I thank You, Lord God, that the battle is not ours. It is Yours. And You have us. You have us. You see us. You have not forgotten us in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 Let's put our hands together. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at infoannersbrook.co.nz or visit our website.